Hello, friends. How you doing? Are you happy? Sad? Confused? Enlightened? Scared? All the above. I feel like we all need a hug, but we can't hug each other. Or if we do want a hug, we have to make a hugging appointment, then self-isolate for 14 days, and then trust that the other person is doing the same. Ah, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. A 90% effective vaccine is on the way, and it could be given to the most vulnerable population first as soon as December. This darkness, it's got to give. Now, my guest on this episode is Joe Miller. If there ever was a Sandlot-type movie made about my childhood, it would be called The Woods, and Joe would be an essential character in the movie along with his brother, Sean. It was great catching up with Joe. It had been way, way too long. Uh, I was born in Portland, Oregon, and uh, I, I was ra- raised uh, there as well, uh, or in that, that area. First in Gresham, and then uh, and then in Beaverton. And so, are your are your parents like native uh, Portlandians, Oregonians? Yeah, they they met um, in at Aloha High School, and which is uh, kind of near Beaverton, where I where I grew up. So really close to the same area. I think they had an apartment in Portland uh, when I was just tiny. But, were their parents or your grandparents native Oregon's Oregonians too? My my grandmother, uh, well, my mom's mom is from Iowa, and my you know my grandfather, her husband uh, was uh, his roots go back in Oregon way back I mean, to wow. Native American heritage, uh, and. And then on, on my dad's side, uh, yeah, I think his, his mom was in Oregon her whole life, uh, and her ancestry goes back to, um, uh, um, I think, uh, Tennessee, I want to say, um, but that's like several generations up. And then her husband, my grandfather, uh, he was actually just like second generation um, American. He was from uh, his family was from uh, Norway. Oh wow! Uh, or well, it was like a community. So there was a combination. There was Norwegian, Swedish, uh, and German families all living in I think it was Minnesota. Okay. Um, and uh, that's the the Miller name comes comes from there. Uh, it was originally Mueller, and they changed it. Uh, but, but yeah, like his, you know, his, uh, you know, close family was, was not American. My grandparents are first generation Norwegians that lived here. Their grand, their parents, my great grandparents came over. My great grandfather came over from Norway, like twice. He like set up shop twice in America. Like, well, oh, that's cool. Went back to Norway for a little bit and then came back. 
and then started. I remember that. I remember that about you. I, I don't know or remember exactly how it came up, but when we were kids, I remember uh, somehow you talking about Norway, Norwegian heritage. Oh, yeah. It's flask root. Root is like so Scandinavian. Uh, if right. You have, if you have that in your name, it's just a marker for Norway, Sweden, Denmark, those Scandinavian countries. And so I know, it seems like I know more about the Norwegian side than I do. My mom's side was just like Irish and English. But I think all families were mostly uh, either like right around World War One or after. Like I don't have, my heritage doesn't go way, way back in time in America. It, it's fairly new if you think about it and relatively of the United States. And so your grandparents met there out there in Oregon. I mean, lived out in Oregon for a while, had your parents, and then your parents met in high school, which is just amazing. Yeah. So, uh, they got together um, and had you. Are are you the only one? How many siblings you got? Uh, well, I have uh, four brothers and two sisters. Wow. Big and- family. And you're the oldest, correct? I'm the oldest. Yep. So what was that like growing up? The oldest of, wow, seven. Yeah. Seven spread Uh, out over time. Well, uh, so kind of in in the young young years when I was living there, uh, it was, I think it was fun. I I think I had a a good childhood. Um, We lived in a pretty safe place with a lot of fun outdoors things to do. Um, I think it was a little competitive amongst the brothers, typical sibling stuff, fighting over resources and eating all the cereal, that kind of stuff. Uh, so, so those are kind of my root memories of having a lot of, a lot of brothers just, um, but one interesting thing about, the size of the family and, and the distance and ages is that like my sisters are the youngest and I've never lived under the same roof as them. So it's almost like my parents kind of transitioned to having this, this uh, like almost like a second family. Um, and so, you know, we're all, you know, uh, part of one family, but it's, it, we've never had like kind of that day-to-day sharing of house and resources the same that I did with my older brothers. So it's, it's kind of an interesting uh, nice. dynamic there. I mean, my sisters are just it, like in the middle of college age right now. I, I kind of feel you on that one. I, my, I have very much distance between my sisters. Older, my older sister six years older than me. My youngest sister is 11 years younger than me. And so there was time periods where I don't think the three of us barely shared a house together. Um, Maybe my little sister was born and that was about it. And then my little sister got a lot of her life without any siblings in the house. So that must have been interesting for her. Um, But I was like another parent to her eventually. And I'm sure you became like another parent to your siblings, you know, growing up. Yeah, it, it does kind of feel more like an uncle type yeah, of a situation. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, be- well, there's also just physical distance because I I moved away right, you know, right after high school and went to California, and uh, they were in the Northwest for a while, and then now they're in Alaska. So uh, it was kind of hard to see them often. We were even. It wasn't even just not living under the same house. We weren't even living in the same state, like as soon as high school was over. And I mean, that's a long time ago for me now. Oh, yeah. Does it feel that long ago? But then I actually look at dates and I'm like, oh, it is so long ago. <laughs> sadly. Yeah, it's sadly I'm, long ago. Uh, I'm about, let's see, two years away from my 30-year high school reunion, which is mind-blowing. And I, I live in the same town as my high school, by chance, just because the University of Wyoming is here. Right. That's cool. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, 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 this is, I mean, you and I haven't talked for so long. There's so much right. to catch up on. And this is kind of a fun, uh, you know, interesting way, oh, yeah. way to do it. I don't, um, so, like, I, I, I guess I'm being interviewed, but I'm tempted to ask, you know, what is that like of you? You know, well, it's, uh, it's fine. I, you can ask me any questions. Of me. Like what, what was that like, uh, you know, being, being in, in the same town at all those different stages? Um, it's, it feels like different parts of my life. Definitely. Um, I had a high school, but that went right into college, but yet college, I didn't live at home with my family and such here and there I did, but I mean, I mostly had apartments or lived in dorms or whatever, but I wasn't, I wasn't at home. I was developing my own life. And then when I moved back to Laramie, it was for a job. And so it was basically a career minded thing, but yet it's still a fun college town. And my other side job was a DJ in a bar and i'd done that in college but now that i was doing it for fun as a side job uh while i was working in profession at the university of wyoming i felt like i was reborn a college kid again and that was a different part of my life now i don't dj in bars anymore and and so it's interesting to see how i went from really hating laramie because i moved from you know portland there gresham to here at first and this it felt like it was the end of the world and it, you know, we spoke about COVID and it takes time to get places and, and Wyoming wasn't hit. And that's how I felt when I moved here. Wyoming wasn't hit by fashion, music, everything that I was into in Oregon, Wyoming. Mm. And it took a while to get here and it was weird. Um, hmm. Eventually, I brought Laramie didn't grow on me till maybe high school, into high school, college. And I was okay with it. But then I left, went to New York for a couple of years and, and uh, came back. And I thought I'd just be in Laramie for five years. And that was 17 years ago. Hmm. So you, you must, you missed it. Yeah. Um, I thought I'd be, I thought I'd be in Oregon again. I really did. Um, but what deterred me from Oregon, I'd go and visit and it was so much rain. Mm. that I was used to Wyoming where it was just, it's sunny, it's cold, but the sun shines 300 and some days a year here. And there's something to be said about that. And I didn't realize it growing up in 
in Portland where it, wintertime, it's pretty gloomy. And visiting there really brought me down. Like, I'd be like sad because it was mm. cloudy all the time. So I was like, I can't live here again. And stuck that's kind of why that's kind of why we left uh, uh, the second time I went there. I'm jumping ahead in my timeline, but <laughs> um, yeah, the, the weather the weather is a, is a problem. I, you know, it never brought me down, like affect, affects my mood, uh, very much, but it, uh, um, it's, it's the practical problems. Like uh, when I was young and, uh, single, I could, it, it wasn't a big deal. I could go camping in the rain or do all the fun uh-huh. Oregon things. Uh, but once with kids, it's just so high maintenance, you have to plan, everything they have to have gear and it just kind of forces you to become kind of a hermit you're just avoiding the rain and all the hassle that goes along with that with getting kids safely and comfortably through it <laughs> um and uh and my wife she hated it she just she didn't hate oregon there's a lot of things she really liked about it but she hated the weather in particular like she just never really could handle the the dark and stormy months <laughs> So well, I remember it being kids. I mean, like growing up there, I, I remember your mom kicking us out of the house a lot on like five days of straight rain. <laughs> Got to go somewhere. I don't care, <laughs> but not here. Um, and I, and other, every other parent was like, yeah, not here either. And so, right. um, but we figured out sometimes, but yeah, there were times where you're just like, there'd be a break in the rain and just time to go time to be outside time to be outside but that, i kind of remember being out in the rain a lot where we oh, yeah. just we had jackets that you just yeah. dealt with it <laughs> and and, yeah. and then in oregon there's enough trees so you just duck under right the tree. we went into the woods and it was yeah. like a whole canopy so there was rain coming through a little bit but it stays kind of dry under there yeah, it wasn't too bad, but yeah, I do remember it raining a lot and doing, yeah, camping trips and everything like that in the rain a lot. You just dealt with it, but yet there was a lot of hermit feelings and yeah, indoor. that's what we, we turned as a family. The family life was just, it just turned very hermit. <laughs> so uh, we, and my, my parents were in Seattle during that time. Okay. And so we would see them once in a while, but then they moved up to Alaska. And so that's when we just asked ourselves, like, what, are, what's keeping us here either? Like, or do we like it? And yeah. we just, we just left. So I may circle back to Oregon, yeah. back to growing up. I know. Sure. Sure. Fast, yeah. Fast I, California I, living the weather. We, we got into that because I brought it up. Um, when, as a kid, like, what were you into? What kind of activities did you play all the sports? When you're drawing, what were you into? Uh, which which age? Uh, like, let's say third grade. In in third grade, jeez, uh, that's hard to. I, <laughs> I think it was just. I have pretty generic. I mean, st- wasn't Star Wars the rage then? Probably. <laughs> uh, I had pretty, I have pretty generic memories of that time and just uh, we played soccer and I think to think of something unique, what I remember about that time was uh, 
every day at recess we'd play we'd organize soccer games uh out there on the field at pal valley pal valley and gresham yes uh and uh i i i my whole thing with those games was for i don't know why or where this came from but i always wanted to sort of there was there was like the group of kids that were already in soccer leagues and stuff, and they were really good. And they always picked each other and, and made sure they were on the same team, and they just would like dominate the other kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember all I want like my goal was to to try to rally the kids that were like left out and and okay. see if we could like organize and beat those other kids. And every now and then we did, and it was I just remember that being like a really fun. Th- those are maybe some of the best moments that I remember from, from third grade. Uh, it's like beating the talented soccer kids. <laughs> I played youth league soccer in, in Gresham there. Um, got all through first, second there. I, I remember I quit soccer in sixth grade and I was pretty good at it because I, I could kick, I was good because I could kick the ball far. But I quit because I wanted to watch cartoons. But instead, I joined wrestling. And wrestling, I hated it. And uh, eventually, you know, it only lasted a few years or whatever. But I never got to watch cartoons. And so I was always mad at myself for that. I was like, you quit soccer, which you were good at, to watch cartoons. And you couldn't stick with it. You had to go wrestle. And uh, (laughs) yeah. That was the golden age of cartoons. Yeah, they were. Yes. And, uh, and so I kicked myself to the day. I was like, man, you missed out on a good year, a good time of getting pinned for soccer, for wrestling, not watching cartoon. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, I remember I, I kind of playing soccer at, at school, but not that much. Um, football a lot. Um, but yeah, it was, I always remember playing against kids in, and then I'd see him at school because we had that track system. And so we didn't always go to the school at the same time as everybody else. It was staggered. So I can't remember how it exactly worked out. It was it nine weeks on, three weeks off, something like that? Do you remember what track you were in? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember how that were. I, I might have just been kind of oblivious. <laughs> yeah, we were in your was sent out the door and went to the the school (laughs) we were in year-round school till sixth grade and then and then it changes to like what normal class periods and such like that but we yeah we were year-round school it was quite in gordon russell and gordon russell yes gordon russell so (laughs) growing up leader of the pack bunch brothers yeah, that, I, I love those little like rally games. And then I, I yeah, uh, and then we, uh, I remember that was when we all started uh, playing out in the woods a lot. Yes. We had this great woods behind our houses and we'd all kind of, all the neighborhood kids would meet up there uh, pretty daily. And I don't know, we just were creative thinking up all different ways to, throw dirt clods at each other and hit each other with sticks and make bows and arrows. <laughs> yeah. Four. Uh, climb trees, forts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like 
I, anybody that didn't have a chance to grow, doesn't have a chance to grow up in a wolf forest like that, the woods, I feel bad for. Because well, those are some of the best moments of my life. I mean, it was so much yeah. fun. Yeah, I think it, in hindsight, I, it might have been kind of uncommon, unusual. I don't, I don't hear a lot of people with similar stories. <laughs> I, don't, I don't ask, I guess, as often as I should what people's childhoods were like, but... We could always go, we would be out in the woods, and then we could always go to doing what the typical suburban kid did on the street, like in front of your house, in front of Dollar's house, in front of Charlie's house. We had like a cold sack. You played football games there. Could do it straight right. And then just disappear into the woods. Yeah. The woods was, it was like going into your own, you know, the kid world dimension. And we just had our own like we were the almost the only ones that went in there and yeah, it was yeah, like anybody else you know every now and then a parent would run down there to like grab us for an appointment <laughs> or something <laughs> like uh, it was pretty unusual if you saw a parent down there you were like whoa what's happening this is weird oh, yeah. uh, uh, it was just cool how it was laid out and um like there was just all these paths and creeks and and log the log over the the creek and there they were like little landmarks it was like it was like it was like a little like an amusement park section you know <laughs> it was just perfect well like it would flood because it was oregon and it rained so like my house was on the other side of the creek i'm letting everybody know on the other side of the creek from joe's house and um it would flood. And so if you want, if we want to get each other's houses without having to go down blocks to cross over where it wasn't a Creek, um, you would have to go down to this log that was just falling enough over the, over the Creek and it didn't get flooded out. So it was easier to cross and you could go that way. And there was a path right up to my back door from there. And uh, I remember that tree fell initially and hmm. yeah, and it was sticking up in the air. And it, I had to been just moved in. So six years old or so. And with Rochelle, my older sister, and I climbed up it, crawled up it, got 20, 30 feet and fell. But oh, fell, really? Yeah, but fell into where all the branches had fallen. I easily probably could have been paled by a branch, but, just, <laughs> but it just landed perfectly. Like... Ugh. It was soft. You know, you think about it, it's frightening. Yeah, I didn't think anything of it. Tell my mom the story years later. And then I really think about it and go, God, I could have been, you could have, that could have killed me. And, yeah. And everything. We took a lot of risks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, and, we all climbed those trees way up where it was dangerous. Uh, so. Yeah. We didn't think about that at all. Uh, and not to uh, maybe five years ago or so, maybe I can't. University of Wyoming played Oregon in football and I went out to the game and I was out in Gresham and I took a picture of the pipe that went under the road. Nice. <laughs> I, I don't know how we fit in it. Like even being short, like shorter kids, it, I was like, maybe they replaced it. I was just going to say, maybe oh, they, maybe that's not even how it re really was, because I remember standing in it and feeling yeah. like, I mean, an adult could run through there. 
Yeah, reason. I mean, like, I would say five feet at least was fine, and maybe at a hunch a little bit, but for the most part of our lives, we were short enough to be okay. But yeah, so it looked like it was about five feet tall. It looked short, way shorter than that. Shorter than five. Yeah, like I, I was like, like it had to, it had to be by. at least five feet. I should have stood by it to give it reference. Um, yeah, like there's a few people, hopefully they're listening, that know what I'm talking about. Um, and there's this pipe that the creek went through under Powell Valley Road, which is a very busy road, do 45 on it. I lived on that road. Um, but to, to get to the other side, instead of going over the top, a lot of our parents were like, no way you cross that road ever. So we're like, we'll just go under. And we'd go under yeah. the road, you know, and it was a whole new world on the other side of that road, on the other right. side of the creek. Well, it was like, yeah, that was another one of those landmarks in our little woods world that we had. It was, yeah. you know, meet at the pipe or, you know, uh, and it was a kind of a fun thing because you could, it had to be bigger than five feet. I, I think it had to have been replaced because we ran through it yeah. and it was something where you could sort of run toward the sides and sort of like, get enough speed and kind of be running sideways for just a moment and you're kind of yelling and it echoes through the whole whole yeah. thing and and that was sort of a little ritual for the kids and uh, and on the other side on the other side of the road I from what I remember it was sort of like I think it was somebody's property where it opened up it was private property I'm pretty sure like the edge of a pasture like two pastures maybe yes. like out cows or something but it was like such a wide creek right there that they couldn't run the fence into it. So you just sort of, it opened up into like this little kind of a cove. There was a little cove yeah. built up and you could catch crawdads and yeah. frogs and everything over there. Yes. That was, that was cool. I think one side was a field for sure. The other side later became developed, but it was yeah, eventually an empty spot, but yeah. Um, I think there was a rope swing over there over the water too. Yeah, for a bit. That, I forgot. Yes, there was. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And then when it when it flood, I did this every once in a while. I think I did it on one of the last days I was there. We we'd just jump in the water and ride through the tube like it was a hydro <laughs> tube. Uh, my last like I did that right when my parents were packing up uh, our washer and dryer. It's probably me being rebellious. But yeah, so, and my mom was not too happy. It was one of the last days we were there, but I was, I was not too happy to move. From <laughs> Such good memories. But yeah, going back, it, I mean, looking um, at my old house and especially Pow Valley, my, my stepmom taught at Pow Valley and like, I'd go there in my adult life and the place is just tiny. I feel hmm. like a giant in it, you know? Cause all your memories are from being four feet. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that pipe is the same and it was just small. I, I don't know. I'm going to have to, I just remember getting sideways on it and it'd have to be pretty. Yeah. Big enough like, to have a slope. <laughs> and it had enough water. If it had enough water going through it, I mean, not like flood water, but you would run back and forth and jump over the water as you went. Yep through the pipe through the other end and yes there was plenty of space to do that so i wonder 
I mean, this thing looked tiny. Uh, it's on my Facebook page, people. If you look it up, your friend of mine. Um, yeah, you have to tell me how big that pipe is. I'll have to look at it here in a sec. Uh, once I wonder if it code. wasn't to code the way it was somehow, you know, for safety reasons, they just redid it, made it smaller. And well, the creek has really, it was dr almost dried up when I was there, which made me sad. Hmm. It's like, oh, hmm. sad. Um, I don't know where it came from, the water exactly, but I was sad that it was drying up. It was September, I think, when I was there. It was really dry. It's weird to go around. I took old pictures. I, mean, I don't know if you saw them at all, but yeah, it's just, I go back because my dad still lives out there. He lives in Sandy, Oregon. And so I'll drive through Gresham every once in a while to get old memories of the old neighborhood. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to do that. That'd be fun. I'd like uh, to that... do it with like a group of us. Yeah, and we should. Videotape it or something, you know, just to, just to share stories. We should, that we should have a, a, the Woods reunion, get, a, get the dollars over there and. I know Charlie would be involved for sure. He was, he did this podcast. Um, he'd definitely be involved for sure. It'd be fun. We'll figure it out. Probably uh, Sean, my brothers. Yes. Your brothers for sure. <laughs> um, let's see. I remember Sean for sure. Nicholas and David. And then I think Christian came along, but I was moving along. I might've met him. He, he was pretty probably. little. Yeah. But definitely remember that four of you for sure and it's so surreal now on facebook like you and i i understand and maybe sean we get older but your brothers can't get older in my eyes it's just, <laughs> it's just not it's yeah. not possible sometimes it's just hard to see sometimes and such and everything i'm mean, i hope they're doing well you know where's uh where are they at these days uh all over i we seem to scatter around uh um sean and nicholas are in alaska oh wow um but uh christian is in um uh, spokane washington he just just got married and he has um one kid and one on the way wow. uh so he's, he's doing really well there and um david david is actually down here um, he only lives about 30 minutes away from us in San Clemente. And uh, so we, he's, he's Uncle David, and we get to see him quite a bit. Um, so so uh, I moved away from Gresham when I was 13. When did you move to Beaverton? Um, let's see. I moved to Beaverton... So Gordon Russell was what, um, sixth, seventh and eighth grades. Yeah. Isn't that what it was? Um, so I, I feel like if I remember right, we moved when I, at the end of my eighth grade year at Gordon Russell. So I was sort of finishing that. Okay. Um, but then the, where we moved to in Beaverton, the middle school went to ninth grade there. Uh -huh. So I had, I had one year at the middle school uh there um as the new kid <laughs> uh so and then high school was just three years after that 
I, I could be messing that up. I, I could be, it could be staggered down. It could have been a four year high school. And I moved at the end of the seventh grade at Gordon Russell. I don't remember exactly. I moved at the end of seventh grade at Gordon Russell. And I went to, came into a junior high, which was seven days, ninth. So I was two years in the you know, in that type thing. And then it was three years of high school, which they call them senior high. They stopped calling them senior high. They were just high schools after a while. And now it's, they've reverted to the old ways of four years of high school here in Laramie. And it's a new, brand new high school. It's crazy that my old high school demolished. They kept the football stadium and I think a gym and the rest of it's demolished. It was really old. It was really old when I was going there. So I'm glad they got a new one. And so, uh, but yeah, it's uh, interesting to move at that time in your life. At least it was for me. I mean, at least you were in the yeah. same state. I mean, relatively. Yeah, I was in the same state and I, I did have, I did retain old friends from, from Gresham that I still saw, Yeah, you know, as I was going to high school and everything. Um, like, uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Jacob. Oh, yes. He was, he was, you know, li lived in our neighborhood down there and he, he ended up going to Barlow. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'm trying to think about people listening as a Oregon high school. Mm -hmm. It's right there in Gresham. Sam um, Barlow high school. Sam Barlow. Yeah. Yes. Jacob went there and he, I, I, I'm still in touch with him and cool. we, we remained good friends through high school. That's awesome. Uh, and, uh, yeah, moving was, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it was like traumatic or this terrible thing. It was definitely a little bit disruptive. Like, you know, it's you kind of starting over, but maybe that was a good thing. Maybe it was good to sort of be challenged a little bit. And uh, I don't know. I don't remember it being too too tough. <laughs> yeah. Were, were you a good student and going through school Nah, i've never been the greatest student like i i've i've kind of i did pretty well on tests and could get by just trying to listen a little bit and pick something up in class but i was always you know kind of a slacker on the homework so i was never a, a you know gold star student <laughs> i don't think i was a good student i was just diligent i think i did enough well, that's good. I mean, that's, that's the best quality to have, I think in hindsight. Um, but. Not, not, I mean, did enough um, through definitely through high school. College was a different story. Yeah, I do like apply a little harder there. And I didn't really know how to be a student because I think I only did stuff enough because I thought I was going to play sports. I thought I was going to be a football player in later mm -hmm. life. And after that kind of goes away, I'm like, oh, I actually got to use my brain now. Um, <laughs> and, or, or it's actually more respectable right now if I use my brain than brawn. My body's going to run out. And it already is after beating it up with, with sports. And so it was just trying to learn something new. And I wasn't you know, that good of being just a student. And so once I figured out some things, I was like, oh, okay. But it took a lot of time and a lot of money wasted money actually in college that I wasn't wasted, but um, I went longer than I probably should have in college, but I got it done. But uh, I don't I did, the same. I did the same thing. 
I, I, I think I took seven years to get a four-year degree, something like that. I was six. Uh, and I paid. Hey, so I beat you. <laughs> I paid for the last one. Like my parents were like, "We'll pay for five, which I was lucky. Got out of college without debt. Um, sorry, parents, that there was wasted money in that. I got a lot of life experience. Um, but when I realized in my fifth year that I was not going to be done, and I had to pay for the sixth. Uh, the sixth year could have been done in a semester, but I did two semesters, so it was all right because I know I had no idea what I was going to do. So when you, when you fit, went through high school, was college like what you wanted to do? Did you know you wanted to go to college? Did you know where you wanted to go to college? Uh, no, not not really. I I, um, I think toward the end of I, well, I, that started to become come into focus a little bit uh, toward the end of high school. Um, I just started reading a lot, and I was into uh, philosophy, and I don't know. I was a little, a little bit of a like a Jim Morrison hippie kind of a character, right. and I want I wanted to go to film school, uh. and so that's what I got I got into, uh, and that's what drove my first college decisions. I wasn't really a good enough student to just start on day one at the film program at UCLA or something, but that was my goal was to go to California and build up, you know, my grade, you do well at, at junior colleges and get good enough grades to get in there. Um, and uh, in order to afford that, I took advantage of a, um, uh, a tuition program where uh, at College of the Redwoods, uh, you know where that is, like Northern California, Eureka, yes. uh, Arcata. So they, they had a, basically, they just didn't have enough students. So they were trying to create incentives for people to go there. Oh. And they offered out-of-state students um, in-state tuition, which is like a tenth of the tuition you pay coming from out-of-state. So it was really the only way that I could afford to go to college in California uh, was to go there. And um, I never really did make it in, into the UCLA. I, 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 again, I just wasn't a good enough student. I, I mean, you needed to have like a 4.2 and have a family friend that's a Hollywood producer to get in there. Uh, it's so, so competitive. And, okay. um, and But then I just kind of revised my plan you know, I, I, instead of UCLA, then I was thinking I would go to the program at Cal State Long Beach. They, they have a pretty good program, but even that, I, I just like was just, just short of what I needed. And that was pretty competitive too. And I wasn't really, the closer I was getting to that, I was kind of growing up as a person and building up other ideas. And um, the closer I got to it, the more I, I felt like it wasn't really the right career path for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I don't have any regrets about that. It, it wasn't a painful realization because, um, you know, my college years, I, I went to several different schools. I, I must have gone to four or five different schools, which is part oh. of why it took so long because I kept losing credits when I would move around and go to a different one. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It was just a really rich kind of diverse life experience. And it's pretty, you know, the life of a college student is pretty, 
pretty luxurious in my opinion. I and mean, even if you're poor and scrapping, but I mean, at least you're like, I don't know. You're not, you're not having to pay a mortgage and <laughs> like the, the difference in stress is incredible. Like oh, yeah. you're, uh, and your responsibility, just not being able to kind of just look forward to the evening or a weekend where you're going to just meet people and learn who they are and what they're about. And like, like what a nice way to live. <laughs> uh, so the so resourcefulness to, to a, of a college student is pretty amazing on. Uh, the, uh, sorry, say that again. Uh, the resourcefulness. Oh, the college life is pretty amazing. Being yeah. able to eat, pay rent, go to school, uh, all on maybe one or two part-time jobs. Plus, your social life's always important. So there's some drinking and stuff going on. Um, right. Is and so it's it's and then sleep, like it's a fine line of juggling. But yet, like you said, uh, you're not paying a mortgage. You're not raising some kids. Uh, so it's a lot less stress-free um, living, and you might not think it at the time. At the time, yeah. you think you know it's you're going through the, all these dramatic experiences. <laughs> like, but uh, I, yeah, I mean, I I tell my like I, I don't I don't regret like that. All those, it's like the journey was ultimately what mattered, and it was really good. Yeah. Even though I wasn't like this star student, I wasn't like the teacher's pet and spent all my time at the school in the office, you know, like I maybe didn't max out what you can get academically from the school, but just the condition of being a college student is, is a, is a luxury in itself. And so to me, that was what I got from college and it was, it was very valuable. Um, even though it didn't result in me like landing the career job that I've wanted when I was a high school senior. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, no regrets. No regrets. I, I, I get, well, yeah, if I think about what I want, I had no idea what I wanted to be in high school, play football, which didn't pan out. And then I thought, oh, well, I was in marketing in high school. Uh, I was in DECA. Uh, maybe I'll do that. No, that's not going to. And next thing I know, did you did you play college football? I didn't. Um, no. I recruited, and uh, a lot of them were like, "I thought you were taller," and I was like, ah, "I'm not going to get any taller." No. I knew that wasn't happening, <laughs> and I really was like, "I'll just walk on at UW." I had an in. My coach, you know, he said if I ever wanted to, so I waited a year, which probably is good. Cause I lived a college lifestyle. I got in shape. I thought I was in shape. I went and watched a practice and went, no, I'm good. I'm not playing more football. And <laughs> I mean, there just weren't guys out there, my size doing what I did knew what I, you know, what I did in college, high school. I mean, I was an offensive lineman, defensive lineman. Those guys are huge in college. Um, oh, yeah. Wasn't fast enough to do anything else. And so, I mean, I, I, I understood that my time was done and that was fine. Actually, um, many years later now, I mean, I sound like a popcorn machine uh, and I only played five years and mm. I'm okay. Yeah. The line, line work, line work is rough. 
That's rough. Yeah. Almost fact, everyone I know that even just played in high school says the same thing. All the, all the line guys always say that they messed up their knees in high school. Impact. Um, every every play impact you're hitting. For the, I mean. Yeah, it's just it's not a natural uh, <laughs> thing for you to put yourself through. I played a lot of football. And it's it's one of my regrets that I didn't play in college, even just at the JC level. Like I I played all through high school and in middle school. And uh, I the school I went to, Sunset in uh, um, in Beaverton, was a pretty big football school. Like we went, we like finished in the top three like every year that I was there. Wow. Um, and so. Um, so when I went to college, uh, somehow the coach at the JC, I went to at college of the Redwoods, like they have a team and they, they heard that I was there from, like, I was friends with all the football players. Like that was kind of my, my crowd there. And, uh, I think they just told the coach, Oh, there's this kid, you know, here that played for sunset. And there were other people that had been at sunset there. And so they were trying to recruit me on just to walk onto the team. Uh And by that time I kind of had this attitude and, Uh you know, it's probably a reoccurring theme of me having a bad attitude (laughs) throughout life. Uh, But uh, yeah, I kind of just, I was, I was like, ah, I'm not going to, I'm never going to make the NFL. So this, that would just be pointless. Why would I do that? I I'm going to school now. And I just had a lot of like strong opinions that kept me from some good experiences. Like, I think it would have been really fun to play at that school. Like, uh, you know, in hindsight, all my friends were all excited and happy about it and making good memories with the team. We all hung out and had fun too, but, um, but why wasn't I just on the field too? Like that would have been fun. I eventually, what I was thinking. I eventually had college roommates that were football players. Um, I became friends with quarterback he was a broadcasting major and I got a up close and I, I saw how much time, I mean, they have division one football, how much time was given to the football team and their coach, he was notorious for saying football's number one and he would hold up two fingers, um, you know, or whatever education's number one and hold up two fingers. I kind of screwed that up, but he would, you know, <laughs> So he, I, he, I got you. Yeah, he, uh, they owned them, and they, and on, on their time was all dedicated to football. And then when football was over, they really could care less. And I saw that and a lot of stuff, and I was like, hmm, I'm okay with not playing. And I had a lot of fun uh, not playing football. And like, yeah, I said, I, said, I, don't, I haven't had any surgeries um, on shoulders. I thought my shoulders were done. Um, because I carried a camera on one shoulder for a long time through college because I went into a broadcasting major and got a broadcasting degree, TV set up to work in news and uh, did and worked in news at a news station in New York and really hated it because I was good at shooting sports, but not good at shooting like uh, ax murderers and stuff. Not necessarily like ax murder, but murderers and such. And, mm-hmm. and so it gave me a lot of real life world experience, uh, made me efficient at my job, but I'm glad I don't work in TV news anymore. Um, not to say I love doing IT work because that's what I do now. Um, I like working in video 
And um, that's my, I'm kind of far removed. I still do like video conferencing, like Zoom and such, um, but it pays the bills. And it's weird how um, you morph away from like you did from film school and doing other things. And then next thing you yeah. know, well, this pays the bills right now, you know? like Oh, that's exactly what happened to me. And yeah. that, well, <laughs> and I have some very mixed feelings about all of that. Like, I, so I, like, I ended up majoring, my, I got my degree in, like, uh, film writing. Okay, wow. Or, you know, cool. English with a specialty in, in film writing. So I, I ended up getting kind of more... Basically, my thinking at the time, at the end of college, was I'm not really into the kind of the Hollywood aspect of this, but I do like the craft of the story, and so I got more into um, the writing side of it, and and that was something I was thinking about doing. But before I had even graduated, like uh, I had I had been kind of messing around with um, coding um, just as a hobby, just in my free time for fun on on the computer kind of experimenting with making websites you know this was kind of the early days of the internet and um i it was all just for fun but a guy um had found found me like saw the work that i had been doing online and and recruited me to an agency there and i show up and i'm like my coding knowledge is is like the best in the building <laughs> I like and I'm this like guy just out of college I've like my last job was like you know almost like fast food level you know so to yeah. get the kind of money that they pay for coding and right out of college it was a totally just not necessarily just like this is pays the bills but it's like like of course I'm gonna do that you know like wow like uh, I can't believe they want to pay me to do this. And, um, but my mixed feelings about it are that like, I, I ultimately just pursued a career. I built a career around that. Like I started as a coder at that place and then started a business around it. Um, and it, it's definitely had a lot of good things about it. Um, but at the same time, there's a part of me that says, well, I don't really like how it's almost like that career chose me instead of me choosing it. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like this guy found me and I did it because I could, and it paid a lot, but that's not really like following your dreams, <laughs> you know? Uh, so that aspect of it kind of bums me out in hindsight sometimes. And I'm like, you know, what else, what else could I have done if I was just like, if I didn't like follow the, the dollar or, practical choices um you know, yeah now, now it's i took a job here at the university of wyoming as an assistant producer director when i came back which was helping with all sorts of educational videos i helped with video conferencing and then there was we decided that we wanted to start our own video conferencing network and the guy that was kind of running it he left and started a job in athletics and so I was the next person that actually knew anything about video conferencing and the way we ran our the system. And it was one of those, all right, now I don't necessarily know a whole lot, but this is gonna be a great career move. And 
I built a network and there's lots of, uh, I felt like 20 hour days, 10 hour, you know, long days, long, you know, just crazy stuff going on. And just to get this thing going and, you know, you're like, oh, I better figure that out. We haven't set a policy for this and that. And it, it was a feat coming from a guy that used to make, you know, three minute news segments and art videos and stuff. Now I'm managing this network and it developed some skills that put me into a job now, not by choice, just because the university made some policy decisions. And I, sometimes I would sit at my desk and be like, I'm in a job that I didn't apply for. And, you know, and it's, I'm, I used to worry about all the classrooms around our state. Now I worry about every classroom and I'm highly involved in making sure those classrooms have best technology that they're running. We take out old stuff. It's, that's inventory. It's an interesting job. Um, but it was just a weird way how I got it because they identified me from one department that they got rid of and put me in it with a couple other people. And we all kind of had to learn on the run. And, uh, every once in a while, like I have a broadcasting degree. I don't have an it degree. Like I have an art mind. Like I should be making, you know, art out of video and not, deciding policy on how we do things and hiring. Uh, but yet I've worked long enough at the university. I have like the golden handcuffs. Nine more years, I can collect my retirement. Not going to say I'm retire, but I've put in the time. Hmm. So it's, kind of, it's really difficult to even fathom. Yeah, now you're pot committed now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, really- yeah it's, it's hard to, it turns out my life lesson that I learned is it's hard to keep control of your it's, it's hard to write your own book sometimes yeah it happens it just happens to you and and you have to roll with it in a good way if you can so <laughs> um, you're you know if yeah. somebody if someone else can can keep control of that or have have like principles where they're like I'm just always going to do what I want to do and they can make that work then I applaud that but it's easier said than done I think Yes, it is. But you're so I, before I took over that for a minute, you're straight out of college. You're starting a coding career. And the money, yeah. And the money was good. It so, was. Well, so it was I actually, in California. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Like it was good. It was a huge leap from what I was making, just having odds and end yeah. college jobs. But, um, in hindsight, what it turned out, it actually was not, it did, they, that company did not pay what was, was the going rate for that kind of work. Like I just didn't know my own value and the company was kind of known to have a lot of turnover. They, they worked people long hours and it was really desirable work because it was on, um, uh, like movie websites, you know, so we were making websites for men in black too, and Spider-Man and Budweiser and all these kind of big titles that, you know, so it was easy for them to find people with skills that were willing to, you know, maybe work for a little less to have those, you know, on their resume, I guess. Um, so, and that was in uh, Beverly Hills and Mm -hmm. I was living in, um, Redondo beach at the time. So that was, that was another wake up. I don't know if you know that the distance of those places, but it's basically driving across 
traffic in LA twice yeah. a day. You know, the commute was terrible. Yeah, uh, I, I don't, I've driven in LA once and um, nothing's close. I get it. Yes, nothing's close. And uh, for being a big city, nothing's close. Yes. Um, so you're there. How long did you last at that firm? I, I was only there for, I think, a year, a little over a year, maybe. Um, the thing was uh, that there was that turnover. So yeah. we were actually saying goodbye to another person that worked there every week. Ugh. And after a year of, of all those goodbyes and people getting to know my work and making friends, when I left after a year, um, I had people that I knew all over the city because they had all been there and got to know me and, and went to these other companies. And a lot of them landed in good jobs at, at the studios or at Disney or Sony or wherever. And, and they needed work. And, and I was, a, so I just became a freelancer and started doing the same work just directly uh, um, as a direct hire for these projects. And so I was able to just get, all the work I wanted to through my network. Um, so did you and, have a home office for this or did you go? Yeah, to- I've been working out of a home office since that day, since, huh. since I left that company. I have not worked for another company since then. Wow. And that was, what, 16, 17 years ago. Cool. So I've been, so I was thinking about, about that when you and I were talking about COVID. Yeah. Um, uh, that how there's a lot of people that working from home is like this new thing mm-hmm. and they're coping with the pros and cons of it. And I, I was, I've been doing that for 15 years or over. And so I was like, welcome to my life. You know, <laughs> it's just, I've been in COVID lockdown forever. For six, yeah. <laughs> I would set up my laptop downstairs, in my house and my office is upstairs, which is slash studio slash, uh, extra bedroom um but then once i once like basically covid was on i kind of took over the bedroom like everything a part of the, I was like if this is gonna be my office i gotta be very comfortable in here and so it's all got my 49er stuff up lunch stuff up in place and uh but i would always i'd shift i'd be like okay i'm gonna work from downstairs so i'd make sure i was kind of changing up my my view every so often uh, I have my laptop downstairs, my computer upstairs. Um, but, and then randomly I would just take walks around the block. So I would uh, realize there's a world out there and everything. And so I, I don't know if I could do my current job from home consistently or I'd want to, but I probably could handle working from home in a job that's co- cohesive to working at home. I think it'd be fine. Um, yeah. I think, I, think I, I, I have a little bit of a hermit side to me. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, it's, I could, I think it, it's maybe unusual. I think for most people, the isolation of it is pretty hard. I, I, for some reason I'm able to cope with that pretty well, but uh, um well, my world's been so based around video screens that um, not that's yeah know, that's people, pretty hands on like yeah but not but uh, but not being around people it they're not the important part it's the the technology it's the people and that's always been 
even going back to like video and broadcasting with me. And so my mom always said, you are entertained by your own shadow. And so I think I have that hermit side too. I enjoy my house. I think my house is cool. Like I think everybody should have a cool house to live in. Right. Money on it. Might as well have a good place to hang out, you know? And if you can't work from there, then make it a workable space. Like, well, well, I like to get really like, uh, really folk, like I, I, the things I do or I'm interested in, I take, I just like to get really folk. It like takes hours to just even get to the mindset where I want to be. And so when I'm working, it, you know, when I did have work at, at offices or elsewhere, I think it frustrated me that the number of interruptions, uh, and the amount of time that it took, like, you have to commute like the commuting is like hours out of your day potentially. And, um, I'd rather spend that time focusing on what I'm trying to code or build or, or draw up. And, um, so to me, uh, it's conducive to being productive working from home because it's, there's less hurdles to jump through to get to the work part. (laughs) Understandable. Uh, I did. I didn't do that hard of core community when I lived in New York. Um, but I knew people that did. I've been on those commutes. Um, terrible. And when people are like, yeah, I commute an hour to work. I'm like, you know what you can do with that hour? Like, you know what you can get? Yeah. Done? That's a lot. That's a lot yeah. of time. Besides commuting. And then they're like, <laughs> yeah, that's just one way. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I was just like, get out of that, figure out a way. My brother-in-law, commuted an hour for work and then they eventually now moved closer to his office and so he doesn't commute as far because my sister can she's a realtor can drive all around anyway but he would tell me that and i was like wow you can get a lot of podcasts done in those hours yeah work it's crazy uh i can't imagine there's people there's people that live here in san diego that commute up to la every day and back I can't even believe it. It's like an hour and a half each way. <laughs> there are people here in Laramie um, and they commute to Cheyenne, which is 45 minutes over a pass that gets up to 10,000 feet. We're at 7,000 feet. Yeah. And the craziest wind and snow can happen. Um, and that people commute back and forth all the time. And I'm just like, go live there. Like, just yeah, yeah, it's I, I, yeah, you have to live close to where you work. Yeah. It's just such a huge, you know, it's interesting. What do you think? Uh, if we ever get, if we can ever get to self driving cars, uh-huh. imagine how many hours that will free up for people. They could do all their emails while they're sitting in that car yes. instead of doing the emails once they get to work. Oh, and, yeah, uh, it's such a massive amount of uh you know man hours is just going into driving <laughs> when i moved back to laramie i was so used to everything half hour half hour you got oh, i'll take a half hour to get there and i drive half hour in laramie you're out of laramie like you're out of you're out of town and right. so uh yeah I would, i'd leave early i'm like oh i'm here 20 minutes ahead of time like i'm so it's it's nice like i'll i'll get mad at a commute that takes me 10 minutes when it should have been seven like so it's it's i i I enjoy that aspect of a small town and i i i've been in the commute situation not necessarily i lived it but i've seen other people and that's that's crazy so 
you left that you left the, the office life uh you're freelancing when did you meet your wife i actually met her um in my in my last few months of being at that company oh wow see cool and so she was we were like on the phone with each other as as i was plotting my exit from that company so that's kind of a fun early memory of our relationship <laughs> so she works in the same field as you too no no i uh, uh, we had met online uh oh. with through like one of the it was before facebook but it was like one of the and I don't know if MySpace was even out yet, but it was like one of the first social media platforms that we met right. through. And um, we just started talking and got along. And um, she, uh, she's from uh, Virginia. Oh, wow. Uh, like right near like the D.C. area. Okay. Basically. And um, so uh, it was a long distance relationship um, at first. And then we just traveled to see each other and um, it all worked out. So did you have to convince her to come to California or was like California an easy sell? Like it's California. I, it, you know, I think it was a pretty easy sell. <laughs> I think she was uh, kind of in an adventurous state of mind and, um, you know, liked the idea of just kind of getting out of Dodge. It's, I think, I think she would agree with that. Um, and uh, yeah, well, so we, we, came to she came to california and then uh event you know then we eventually got married and had our our first child there and i always thought that once i had kids i would go back to oregon because i had such a good childhood there that i wanted to sort of give give my kids the same experience that i had um and so so once we had had Liam, we moved moved up to Oregon, and we were in the West Lynn area. Okay. And uh, it, you know, there were a lot of good things. Um, Oregon, there's a big part of my heart that's always in Oregon. I mean, my mm-hmm. heritage roots go back there to like before it was even a state. Like, uh, it's a, you know, it's it's like a, I don't know. There's a lot of cool things about it but um it just wasn't a good fit like uh, i in college i picked up surfing and really like when i moved back to oregon those were my the the whenever i went to like having good memories i always thought of my times surfing in california and so it was not difficult for us to go back to california yeah after a couple years in Oregon. And that was, we already touched on that earlier of, you know, sorry, I got that out of order, but uh, my, my uh, parents moved and then we said, what's keeping us here. And we said nothing. So we, now we're, we're, now we're in San Diego. I love San Diego and I've been there many, uh, not eh. my buddy lived there. So I went there for like spring break and, and it's a fun place. And I always say, uh, if I ever moved to San Diego, I'd be the big Lebowski. I'd be gone. I'd be, I just disappeared at the woodwork. I mean, you can, I, you can pull it off. You oh, can yeah. pull that off here. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I don't know if that'd be such a good thing. 
um, trying to build up a life now. So I was like, but um, we are talking about we we might be out there actually next summer. Um, oh, that'd be I'll fun. Let you, I'll let you know. Yeah, how it works yeah. out. Uh, my girlfriend's never been, and I'm like, oh, it's it's awesome. And I was like, you know what? The temperature's probably there, seventy-two. And we it's always it. seventy-two. Yeah, and it was seventy-two. <laughs> So <laughs> uh, you know, and I was just like, it's just great. And so she's like, really cool. And so I was like, I'm glad we get to go. So yeah, I can't. I think it's next summer. Um, I hope it's next. I yeah, sometime. Yeah, let, yeah. I'd I'd love to see you guys. And yeah, it's great uh, to know that kinda... you're there. It's always good to have people out all over the place. And so yeah. okay, so you got married and you had a kid like. Like, did you guys discuss it or like, hey, marriage, kid, that's what we're going to do? Uh, no, that was a little bit of a surprise. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know if I should say that. I maybe, oh, maybe hey, you love him. That's all. Bleep that out. Like, I don't. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, but it wasn't negative. It wasn't negative at all. Oh. Or like, oh, what are we going to do? It was, it was, it was pretty much you know, kind of right in line with where we were at. And oh, yeah. um, so Who's ever ready to have kids. I, I don't have kids, but I don't yeah, know there's people ready. that might think they are, but yeah, I don't uh, we always talk about how, like before we had kids, we would watch that show, like those super nanny type shows. Uh-huh. And we were always like, I can't, I can't believe how dumb these parents are. Like, we're never going to do that. Like, I, why can't they just get in control of this situation? And then now here we are like years later after having kids, we think like what well, we were so we we didn't know what we were talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now we sympathize with those parents and we're like, oh yeah, we get it now. And my yeah. girlfriend's brother has four kids. And we see them probably a couple times a year. And holy wow. Uh, <laughs> three boys, one girl. And it's like, when they had the fourth, I was like, no, no, we had a good zone going on. Now we got to play one-on-one. I was no. like, it's going to screw up everything. And right. yeah, they own us all the time. It's hard to go out to eat. It's hard to do a lot of stuff. They're getting older now and getting better. But the youngest one's like four. And man, Oh yeah, that's a t- that's a tough age to like. It's a fun age, but it it definitely like controls what you do. <laughs> oh yeah, he controls yeah, the room. Like, he controls the yeah. room, and yeah. he knows it. So he's a little crazy monster sometimes. <laughs> and, oh yeah. Uh, oh so, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm never. I it don't, doesn't get any easier. It's like different but it's hard. It's just harder. It's the same difficulty in different ways. And I've also learned too, that, um, like your the personality of your kids. is just a roll of the dice. Like, like, you know, there's, there's some nurture, you know, nurture influence, but I, I just, I've been around like other kids and families and like, what what one family is saying is a difficulty <laughs> it's like that is yeah. like a breeze like i don't know what you're <laughs> that was i don't know like like some like our kids are very strong-willed and and stubborn and uh it they're they're advanced difficulty <laughs> <laughs> but i you know i i think 
I think it's going to serve them well. I think they're actually good qualities. You know, they have like strong, strong personalities and, and passions and feelings. And it's, they're all better to have than not to have. But at this age and for the poor parents, it's, you know, they kind of put us through our paces. Yes. There's just times they challenge you when they don't need to challenge you. You're just like, yeah. let's, let's just get these, let's, let's just get some food. Come on. And why, put your shoes on. We, oh. we have friends. We have friends whose kids are like, you know, they're, they're never even asked to do these things that we struggle to get our kids to do. And they just do them. And then the parents, like, they give themselves credit. <laughs> you know, they're kind of like, oh, you know, I, uh, it's because, you know, we, well, we do this and we do like, they credit it to like these parenting decisions that they made. And it's like, yeah, we did that too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we weren't like in the dark on trying that. Uh, it didn't work, uh, <laughs> you know, so. I, I like I became much more of a believer in like nature over nurture okay. uh, after having kids. <laughs> you just you just see not not only that, like even at a, just a more generic level, like you see like differences uh, at very young age about things that like they couldn't possibly have learned from any surround anything surrounding them. Like nobody told them to you know, huh. nobody told the boy to get into the guns and trucks. <laughs> you know like uh, yet he does it, like instantly gravitates towards those things it it's just interesting it's really eye-opening to have kids that you know? it is definitely to observe and once you know my friends all started having kids and everything i was like you're crazy and then watch him grow up like one of my friends he was one of the first to have kids his kid is here at the university of Wyoming as a freshman in college which is mind-blowing Oh yeah, yeah, that's right now. And uh, but it's good, to, you know. I always say, "Hey, I'm around if you need me," or anything like that. And it's uh, they like it. His mom and dad like it that I'm here, but not necessarily like you got to report to me. I'm like, yeah, I'm here to bail him out of jail. Yeah, I'll take care of that. But <laughs> he's a great kid. That'll never happen. So, right, I think so. Um, but it's so interesting watching all grow up so fast. But yet, to, you know, hear the same struggles. Uh, everyone's had and be in the room too with the kids while you're going through those struggles uh, is is tough as a friend too because you want to help out but kind of fun to see your friend struggle a little bit too <laughs> well yeah pat yourself on the back <laughs> yeah you is not, and also not my like, issue my i mean you probably you had some built-in experience though with your brothers like I had my little sister and my mom always says that was the biggest like birth control for me not have kids. I was like, yeah, I raised one and I get to see her do whatever she's doing today and stuff. And I feel like I had an influence on her life. Um, like yeah, adult, older brother, not necessarily the oldest, older brother all that much. Cause there are times I've had to yell at her. Like I was a parent uh, later yeah. in life. And so yeah, I figured you probably, I think you'd be pretty damn good at a parent because you had your brothers that you had to kind of pull into line growing up. I watched, I was in the room. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Did I parent them though? I don't know. I don't know if I Yeah, was... there'd be times where like you, one would be picking on the other. You just sort things out. Like 
older brother. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's that's true. I guess I I I would say I probably am pretty good problem solver at our house. If there's some kind of a drama going on, and I walk in, I can usually calm it down. <laughs> yeah, did that, uh, uh, that is my role, and maybe I did get that from all my siblings. Well, sometimes there was tough justice, but there was times where yeah, like, you don't that do would, that that's kind of what I remember is like, oh, yeah. you know, brothers fighting brothers, basically. <laughs> but there'd be times where like you don't do that to your brother, like. You know, okay yeah you'd say you'd yeah I, I yeah i was our family always kind of had those sort of boundaries like or if my brother was fighting with my mom over something i would get involved and <laughs> oh, tell okay. him that that's just you don't talk to mom that way <laughs> yeah yeah i've had to do that for through my sisters because they didn't respect him in a conversation i was there and i was like ah yeah yeah no <laughs> i've been there so you have a son and a daughter and mm-hmm. how, what are their ages? Uh, my son is uh, 15 and my daughter's 12. Wow. Just seems like, you know, I mean, I've Facebook, you know, I've seen kind of them grow up and right. It just seems like it's happened fast. <laughs> yeah. They're so much younger not too long ago, but um, wow. I know I can't believe my son is basically he's on the verge of driving. That is amazing. That's awesome. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't think uh, I'm gonna, my dad, when I got my first car, yeah. my dad got me a 73 Camaro Oof. that was like all fixed up and nice, like nice. <laughs> basically a ticket machine. Yeah. Uh, yeah that is not going to be my strategy <laughs> with my son. I had yeah. a, I, 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 it was awesome. It was really oh. cool to have a car like that when I was a kid, but man, I could have killed myself. Yes. That thing. I had a Buick Skyhawk. A 70, whatever. I don't know. It was nice. terrible. No. <laughs> it was terrible. It was not and, nice. No, like my stepdad, his brother built race cars for a living out in Oregon. And he owed my stepdad money, and he's like, oh, I have this car that he'd been working on. So they got it out here, and the carburetor, the you know, good old carburetors, wasn't built for high elevation. Laramie's 7,200 feet, so it, it would, like, stall out. It would stick. Mm. Yeah, it was fun. At stoplights. It needed to be a re like uh, recalibrated i think yeah there was it, it got worked on a lot for that type of thing it was just i think its last good run was from oregon to here and it was lowered it was dropped and it had racing tires on it and like not two things that were not good in laramie yeah we, that's probably because <laughs> we had like drainage uh things in the road for when the snow melts and so it drains off easy so they're low dips they're in between blocks um so that's not good and then snow so you don't have snow t- you don't have racing tires on the snow that's just yeah no, i remember that that camaro was terrible in weather like snow and even just water that yeah. thing it would spin out like it would just it would be you'd be going backwards within a second so uh, yeah i mean yeah because the way they were just very what rear wheel drive powerful back layer yeah yep rear wheel and there's and they're super light there's just not much weight to it so yeah 
So yeah, my parents knew that I wasn't going to go anywhere and I wouldn't get, get that thing going fast enough to like hurt anybody. Um, so it was a good invest on their part, but it was embarrassing <laughs> a lot after that. Um, but yeah, you're, you can't, I don't, kids don't understand the value of a crappy car till much later in life. And so once you get it to them, like I had, you learn the value of a nice car. Now I have a night, like I bought my very first, like off the lot, brand new car in 2016. I was nice. like, I'm tired of buying new stuff. Finally bought a new thing. And you have pride in it by the, I mean, maybe by then. And so yeah. I keep it very clean. Um, you know, I, I'm on all over it, you know, uh, keeping up with all the maintenance and all that stuff. And because I'm like, it's pride and ownership because I've had such crappy cars and they break down all the time. This one doesn't. And it's glorious. Oh, yeah. So, That's the worst. That yeah. was, that was you know, my years in Los Angeles, that was kind of the nightmare is having a car that you couldn't count on. Uh, you don't want to get stuck there. Uh, yeah. But... I hear you. So, kids... How did they handle homeschooling during this? Did you help out? Because since you're already there, like what it, what was entailed? What did they have to do? Yeah, like at, from working from home, that's kind of that's a pro and a con. On in yeah. one sense, it's nice because I've 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 been there for with my kids, uh, you know, probably a lot more than someone could if they were working oh, yeah. a nine to five. So. I've, I've been able to see, see a lot of my kids through life, which is awesome. Um, uh, for the COVID stuff, uh, it, it wasn't really homeschooling. It was through zoom. Like, yeah. so they were still going to school, like somebody else was doing the talking. So okay. I didn't have to like go through a lesson That's or nice. anything. Um, uh, it's just like we're doing now. They, they just jump on a laptop or iPad and, and it's like, they're getting classes that way. Um, it actually uh, has, it's been, it hasn't worked at all. Like the whole zoo idea of doing classes for kids to zoom is, is terrible and doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> and it's been miserable. <laughs> like our kids, uh, it, it's just, um, I don't know. Like there's something about being in the presence, like being in the class, that that works you know yeah. it, it's it creates a mindset that like this is you know we we've developed an idea of what you're supposed to be doing when you're here in this room but at home when it's just on the computer it's i don't think they stay as focused on it yeah yeah and they also associate like games and fun with computers and ipads so so there's all these distractions like they may be they may have their class up but like on the other side of the screen, they have like a chat program and they're talking to their buddies or watching YouTube videos or <laughs> so I don't know. There's just, I, I also think that the, the teachers, um, you know, it was such a short notice thing that they weren't really able, they didn't have enough time to put together and think about a way to make the zoom classes, you know, as flashy as possible, like, you know, to compete with how they are in the classroom, that's a pretty big challenge. And so I will be very happy for them to be done with that entirely. 
I mean, we, we almost are already. Like, my daughter is going to school full-time oh. now. Nice. And my son goes half-time. Okay. So he goes to school two days a week, and then the other days he's he's doing the online classes. And he's in his first year of high school. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. Yeah. It's, we... It sucks. You know, that that's something to, to look at there is, like, it, it really sucks for them, like for him, especially because he COVID hit. So he didn't get to experience any kind of a like um, middle school graduation celebration. Yeah. Not not that like I don't I don't know if you did, but I didn't have any kind of graduation from middle school. Uh, but they do that now. And he didn't yeah. get that. Yeah. Um, and and not only that, his whole, you know, the first half of his freshman year in high school has been mostly online. So it hasn't even really been that first time at high school experience. You know, it's sort of been a, a washed up, washed out version of it. Yeah, I, I definitely I, I felt that. I mean, that's, anybody that graduated in, you know, 2020 spring are supposed to. That kind of is they got ripped. Yep. And um anybody that started like a major like high school or college in 2020, and it's just a different experience than what you should be getting. And yeah. uh I, I hopefully, you know, I will hopefully I want it to be a like purge almost of technology when when we can all get back face to face be like all right i'm done with twitter and facebook for a while we just want to hang out together face to face and actually be you know civil and see each other hug each other high five each other um have real classes go to bars and all that uh it's you know forget about technology for a little bit even though i work in technology and it will be here for you but I, right. I, I want to get back to you know some real people to people stuff once once this clears up, and I, I hope everybody's on board with that. I hope that's a big renaissance to getting out there. I, I think it will be. It'll be almost comical. I think like people yeah. are gonna be. I, I yeah, as much as I I talked about kind of having a tolerance for for kind of be working from home, I. Yeah. Even I'm like pretty, you know, pretty freaked out with cabin fever over over this. I just, I mean, I well because you're you're taking more time at home because they ask you to stay home. Okay, you're you're probably like less trips to, you know, the store, less trips to a movie theater, less trip, you know, because you're staying home. So everybody's developing that cabin fever. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm doing my regular work at home like I would anyways, but I was always still getting time away from home yeah. too. Like, like when, when our family, yeah, when we go to the movies or, or restaurants or, you know, there's, all, we, we, you know, we stay pretty active and always kind of have some out, like, all, uh, I think one thing that keeps us busy a lot is, is all the kids' school activities and that's everyone getting uh, yeah. together for these concerts and sporting yeah. events and, all of that was gone and I didn't realize how much that meant to me in my life, you know, and once now, you know, after it being gone for a year, uh, it's like, <laughs> it's like this hard to pin down 
malaise you know like it's hard to like even explain it but i think everybody feels it oh yeah yeah <laughs> Having I, fever that's just what i call it it is like <laughs> i but with covid relief money i bought a playstation 4 um because i was like if there's not gonna be a football season i'll have my own damn season on there you go like that was my mindset and i and i didn't realize like half like all like like Netflix and all those things are on PlayStations too. I was like, wow, this is thing takes care of a lot of stuff. Yeah. House. That's pretty cool. And cause I think I had a PlayStation two prior to that and I didn't play it all that much, but now, yeah, it's a total distraction. These games are, and then I started this podcast. Um, we've had a freak snowstorm in the beginning of June. That was crazy. It destroyed a bunch of our trees. I've had a lot of distractions. And once in a while I'm like, Oh yeah, there is a pandemic going on. Right. And, and so I'm like, it hasn't consumed me completely, but we're about to hit the winter months here well, in Laramie and where it's inside a lot and it's cold and it's getting darker all the time. So I guess talk to me on the other side when we get a vaccine to see how cabin right. out. And we and you get snowed into Laramie, like the the interstate shut down. So that's even more isolation from the world. But also, I think that saved us a few times when COVID wasn't as spreading as fast because we had these snowstorms that shut down the roads and you couldn't bring COVID from the next town over. Or you wouldn't go into these towns because you have no reason to go into a little town in Wyoming. And so that's kept it out of a lot of places. So the numbers were down, but now we're trying to keep up with the rest of the nation, I think, without having the population. We don't have a very, we don't even have a million people in this state. So I think it's just sort of when you look at the numbers, it's only have, a matter of time. I mean, <laughs> it's right. just the way it is. Oh, yeah. Um, one last question. And kind of covered it as we were going through everything. Uh, to your recollection, how'd you meet me? Since the show's called All My Friends. Um, see i'm trying to remember like the first time how did we meet originally i think we probably met in the woods i think do you guys when did you guys did you move to gresham i i think you moved there after like charlie and i had already lived there yeah i i think so i wasn't yeah i think you guys knew each other and then and then we moved there and I probably just saw kids playing and just went over there, you know, like, yeah. uh, we, we were pretty young. I, I, you know, we, I think we were like, you know, third, third grade ish when we met probably. Yeah, I don't put you like first or second, but yeah. 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 Could, could have uh, been. Yeah. Uh, you're what? You're 45. I mean, I went to Powell Valley through yeah. from first grade on. Yeah, what you just a year younger than me, right? I think. I think so. Yeah, class of '93. Yeah, '92. So yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I. It's got to be either on the street on that road. What road? Did you, what? Your, what was your address on that road? I wonder. Can't remember. What the was that road? called? I don't remember it either. I want to say Barnes, but that's not it. That's not it. No, Barnes was the one at the top yeah, of the yeah. neighborhood right there. Wow. I don't remember what that street was. 
That's crazy. We I, I wasn't driving in those days, so yeah, I didn't really yeah. have to care about streets. No, <laughs> yeah, I knew it was uh, your street. Yours, the dollars, and uh, Charlie's street. Like that's all that matters. Right, right. Uh, well, that was a that was a great street when it snowed to sled down. Oh yeah, yes. Remember the whole neighborhood was just racing down that street. It was so interesting to go from we get so jazzed about snow in Oregon to snow here, which was which all is... <laughs> to all winter was just snow, <laughs> just snow. And, and now wow. like people are like, Oh my God, you just playing it. I'm like, no, it's snow. It's a hindrance. <laughs> it's not <laughs> right. Um, like, I mean, I don't ski anymore, but otherwise I'd probably like it. But I don't I I started dating girls that didn't ski, and so I wouldn't want to spend my weekend skiing. So I stopped, and now if I'm like, if I go skiing, I'll probably blow out a knee. So just trying to stay safe. And right. I might get a snowmobile. That'd probably be a good idea. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah, but, those are pretty fun. That's what um, my brother is into in Alaska. Yeah. But eventually, he has all all of that outdoor equipment. Yeah, but also like just staying warm in the winter is kind of what i like to do just being inside and yeah, yeah. it's good not to freeze yes yes well i want to uh i'm going to wrap this podcast up now and i want to thank you uh for being on the show it was great great catching up yeah yeah thanks for inviting me i'm i'm, I'm really hoping you guys do make it out here and we can get together in person After the interview was over, Joe and I talked for another half hour. I told him I was convinced that his parents played Grateful Dead music in their house as we grew up. He said that wasn't the case. Now this all stemmed from seeing Phil Esch and friends at Rothbury Music Festival back in 2008. I wasn't a deadhead. I didn't know many dead songs at the time, but after listening to Phil, it felt like I knew songs, like they were a distant childhood memory. Joe's parents were the younger parents of all my friends' parents, and it was very plausible in my mind that his parents liked the dead. I guess I'll just have to figure out that mystery on my own, how all these Grateful Dead songs got into my head prior to me becoming a fan. On to the next episode.